edition of Geeks in Malaysia. I'm Amelia Chen. I'm Nick Dorian. I'm Carol Mbaha. And today we've got a very special gaming guest. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Zach. Uh, I run the Gamer Zach channel. I do YouTube and Twitch and all that stuff. Woo! We have a gamer on the show. Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank this, you for this coming. This is the first time that you two have peaked the mics like in the first 10 seconds. Yay. Yay! No, I'm just like, wow, they're really excited. <laughs> I just think that we're just hyped up today for some reason. I have a lot of energy today. I don't know why. How it's much, great. How much sugar have you guys been having? No, I just had one more scoop of Amelia's uh, uh, study brownie. I just kept one just in case for really? energy. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like emergency. Uh, be- okay, before we start anything, we got to mention first Texas Steve. <laughs> Oh, Steve Emerson. Like, I have to mention first, this episode is brought to you by eToro. I wish. <laughs> Texas Steve, good day. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, you are the first Kofi supporter who bought us not one, not two, but three cups of coffee. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, we love you. We hope you enjoyed watching uh, Dendam Pontiana or Revenge of the Pontiana. Yes, I'd really like to know what Americans thought of that movie. Yeah, although although everyone Malaysians. in the house seemed to be Malaysians. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. It was a Malaysian party. <laughs> it was a Malaysian, Malaysian party. film, but in oh. Houston. Fair enough. If uh, any el- anybody else would also like to donate to us and support us, go to co-fi.com slash geeksinmalaysia or head to geeksinmalaysia.com and you'll see the little link there with our little three avatars. Woohoo! So yes, yeah, so that's out of the way now. Now this, give us this, that is, game. this is why this is why I'm so glad you're handling all this shit. I know, I know. Thank you so much for all your all your work and support. I could not even say that. <laughs> I, I've been practicing it in my head. <laughs> Good man. Just Good making sure man. I get all the information down so I don't miss anything. Because I miss a lot of things and I know that. No, no. So yes, yes Gamer Zach, Gamer Zach. The main person that we're here to talk to today. Well, mm. Yes, hello. <laughs> so, Gamer Zach, how did you start? Let's just go straight into that. <laughs> how, how do I start? Um, well, I suppose technically in 2009, I became a very heavy YouTube watcher, you know, because I was in university college at the time and I sort of realized after watching YouTube for a while that I hadn't played a video game in two years. Whoa, oh, so wow. I was, uh, I, I, but I was studying multimedia and I was like, I need an excuse to, <laughs> to play video games. So I can't just play a game. That's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I have my finals and projects and all of that. So I thought, okay, I'll just make videos of me playing the games. Then at least I'm practicing my multimedia skills. Right? <laughs> at least I'm like editing, you know, using Premiere, using After Effects, that sort of stuff. So at least I'm using the skills I'm learning, right? Yeah. So I just did that. And then I did one series, which was from dust, which is, it's okay. <laughs> uh, the videos were, eh, uh, but the game was also, eh, I was expecting better. But then I just sort of let that sit there for a while, and it got a few hundred views, so okay, not bad. Uh, then I was just about going to graduate, like within the next six months, and I thought, all right, I've been watching these YouTubers for a few years now. They seem to be making it work. I'm just going to try that. But I'm not going to... I'm still going to go get a job. I'm still going to go, you know, nine to five, all of that. So I basically, including YouTube, got myself four things to work on, you know, four jobs. And I sort of had this idea that I'd do these four jobs for four years, you know, and at the end of the four years, I'd quit three. Wow. So I did that. So for those four years, I was like off the grid because I was going to my day job. Then after my day job, I was going to my second job. Then after the second job, I was coming home and doing freelance work or working on YouTube. 
That's called hustling, kids. <laughs> okay. Um, as I was listening to that, I realized that, uh, Nick, yeah, it's one of the things that you miss out. <laughs> yes. What? What? Because huh? we, what do you call it? For like, people like myself, the old fogies that know nothing. Could you explain to us your YouTube channel? Oh, like oh, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. See, I told you. I, the fucking guest next time. I told you I would miss something. <laughs> straight to his sure place enough. of birth. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that, that's fine. Uh, it's, it's a gaming channel. Yes. So basically I create gameplay content, mm-hmm. sometimes reviews or analysis stuff, um, informational content, list content. Um, sometimes I call out industry BS, that sort of stuff, mm. you know, depending. I don't do a lot of that, but sometimes it really gets to me and I make a video on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is there a lot of BS? Yes. Really? In- incredibly. Um, huge, huge. It's, it's, it's probably the largest industry in the world with the most amount of BS. Wow. Because the gaming industry mm. has surpassed the movie industry. Yes. It's, yeah. it's bigger than films. Mm. And yet still we have gamers on contracts where... They don't make sense. Like, all the money is going to the publishers and the corporations. Mm-mm. There's no unions. There's no representation. Oh, wow. There's so it's early li- Hollywood, basically. There's very, <laughs> there's very little legal precedent. Yeah, it's early Hollywood, but it's already bigger than Hollywood. It's, it's bigger than everything. That's interesting. You know, the biggest piece, the, the most profitable piece of media ever in the world is GTA V. Not the most profitable game. The most profitable piece of media in the world ever wow. is GTA V. What do you mean by that? Like It's made more money than anything else. Which one was five? Which city was five? The one, uh, uh, the it, one back to San Andreas. Yeah, the three people. Okay. In all intents and purposes, the redneck, the white collar guy, and the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the easiest way I can say it. All right, fair enough. Damn. GTA V, huh? Yep. I would have thought it would have been one of those, um, what do you call it? MMORPGs? Like Either, League yeah, of Legends. Yeah, like the ones that. that you see most of the tournaments and stuff oh, yeah. being played but, for. Like, wow, GTA well, 5. It, that's a lesson I learned along the way. Fame doesn't equals money. Mm. <laughs> so fame is just a tool, which is a mistake a lot of creators out there make. They're like, oh, I'm going to go be famous. Yes, I'm famous for what? Mm. And they're like... I don't know. I want to be famous, <laughs> you know. But being famous, there's there's a lot of creators out there which are famous, but they're not making any money, <laughs> you know. Which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Maybe that's what they want to do. But if they want to be rich and famous, then you can't just do the fame. There's a lot of business stuff behind all mm. that. So it's the same with games. You know, the most profitable piece of media is not necessarily the one that's going to the tournaments, going mm. to all of that. You know, GTA Five is famous, obviously. But, you know, it's not going to the Olympics, you know. It's not being considered for the Olympics. Dota is. Interesting, though. <laughs> Wait, Dota is con- being considered for the uh, actual Olympics? Yeah. I mean, video games at the Olympics is a discussion right now. But, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of an Dota. odd thing because tr- historically, the Olympics had things like chess and poetry writing, mm. you know, but they got rid of it to focus on physical tasks. Yeah. But the big discussion now, since we've gotten past of the discussion of... Are video games art? Consensus is yes. Mm. Now, are video games sports? Is the current discussion. Mm. And if they're sports, are the players athletes? You know, and then it depends on what you define as an athlete. And then there's the physical requirement. But being a pro gamer is incredibly physically taxing. Mm. You You might be sitting down, but, you know, pretty much besides, I mean, 
the difference between physically, you know, playing video games or perhaps uh, shooting, you know, guns, which is considered a sport. Physically, yeah, it's not doesn't take much more muscle. You know, of course there are you know requirements you know to handle the recoil and stuff like that, but physically it's not that different you're sitting you're standing you're not like running or jumping or anything like that it's the mental acuity it is one of those things though with the olympics recently like there is that feeling of they're trying to figure out the other stuff to add in like i mean for myself the one that i kept an eye on was the whole time trying to they were seeing whether or not skateboarding was going to be in the olympics Mm. yeah isn't it going it's officially in the olympics um but it's still very like amongst the skating community it's very contentious because for a lot of people skateboarding isn't shouldn't be put in the same category as sports sports you know but i mean is it it well, well that's the thing because skateboarding <laughs> is skateboarding like for a lot of people skateboarding you're competing with yourself mm. you know what i mean and yes there's competition and stuff but then there's that worry of like when x games came out people had issues yeah. with x games as well and even with skateboarding like right now they're not doing the half pipe because half pipe isn't cool they're not when, doing vert. When did they? So a lot of skateboarders are like, what the fuck, you know? I like watching half pipes. Yeah, yeah, but because that is not the common thing anymore, you know. Most people skate street, so you know. This, it's and there was another one. I think I don't know if they put rollerblading as well in. People still rollerblade. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a thing of the nineties. I didn't know people still right? rollerblade. Yeah, I mean they still they roller don't, They don't do it in lycra shorts anymore, but they still rollerblade. <laughs> Okay, so one thing I do have to mention, because I'm going to get this out of the way first. Um, I asked on, on Facebook and on Instagram, if people had any questions for, for Zach, please yeah. come ahead and ask. Our good friend in Singapore, Muga, decided to ask a million and one questions. When, you, when so, you're saying a lot of questions, like seriously, count, how many? You said 30 just now, right? I think Is it now, that many? He even added one more, just as I was talking about him just now, he added <laughs> one more. <laughs> Speak of the devil. I'm like, Jesus, stop it, Maga. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, Isn't fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, forty seven, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty six, twenty seven on uh, on Facebook. <clears throat> My personal one. 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. 40 fucking questions, Maga. Well, it's a good time to ask questions because, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a gaming YouTuber, but I actually, you know, I do it for a living. No, and that's a, not, not to toot my own horn, but toot it. Who cares? It's, it's rare. You know, I was looking at the stats recently. There are 32.8 million creator channels on YouTube. Of the ones that crossed 100,000 subscribers, it's 150,000. Whoa. So... Te- and you recently I'm, crossed. Well, I'm about to. But Woo-hoo. even at below 100,000 subscribers, at like 85, 90, mm. I entered the top half percent wow. of creator channels out there. You are in the top 1% of creator channels if you have 40,000 subscribers. <sighs> that's how many people are trying, and that's a success rate. Wow. But yeah, talking about questions, you mm. might get logical questions, but the questions Muga's asking is... That's, that's fine say, too, because I'm a human as well. So I'm <laughs> so, not just okay. a creator. <laughs> Answer the most recent one that he asked. Why is Malaysian custom so damn long? 
What? No idea. <laughs> you see, these are the kinds of fucking questions he's asking. Malaysian what? customs. Yes. No, we, we can get through those real quick. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no comments. Okay, let's do that. Let's get his all his fucking questions. The irrelevant way. ones? So you can do just one sentence at a time. Yeah, go on. If you could date a monster, which would you date? A vampire, a werewolf, a zombie, or Aquaman? Aquaman is a... Vampire, zombie. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, vampire. Okay. Because immortality. Never mind. I, okay. I will not add on to the questions. Okay. Maybe later. No, he's giving me. He's giving me fuel. <laughs> if you could have mutant abilities, what abilities would you want? Immortality. Okay. If your mind there's could a theme sink, here. <laughs> if your mind could sink with your video with your video games, similar to Black Mirror, would you go down that rabbit hole? No. Okay. Rare or medium rare? Medium rare, or we can't be friends. <laughs> rare or medium rare? I'm um, guessing steak. Yeah, 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 medium rare. So you can't be friends. <laughs> Which Power Ranger do you associate with? Oh dear lord! <laughs> there are so many. I told you. I haven't watched Power Rangers since the first one with okay. the dinosaurs, and yeah. none of them. <laughs> it's a Lord of the Rings RPG. What weapon would you wield? Probably crossbow. Oh, I would use an elf blade. Why? Both because I don't have to get close to people, and it's easy. The nice long one that the guards use? Oh, they're pretty. <laughs> pretty? <laughs> Plus they're so, lethal. So okay. one's out of practicality, one's out of aesthetic. Of yes. course. It's pretty. Continue. And the girl. <laughs> if offered the one ring of power by Sauron, which would you take? Oh, no, would you take it? No. Yeah. Were you ever in a state of indignity when you play video games? A state of indignity. What yeah. does he mean by that? Generally, I no. Know. I'm I'm very calm about things. You know, okay. I, I don't really rage or anything like that. Why are you so handsome? My single friends want to meet you. <laughs> Genetics, but I'm not single. Yes, Dude's sorry, tall as hell, taken. too. Yeah, that's like, why he I, could dunk on all of us. That's why I wrote on the... Actually, on the I can't jump, so what? it's fine. <laughs> but you're adding to the stereotype that white men can't jump. I'm not He's white. He's white. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's happily taken, by the way, yes. guys. So, you know. <laughs> Nabila, if you're listening, hello. Hi, Naps. <laughs> do your pets play video games? And do you have any pets, like oh, real pets? I have two cats. They don't play video games. <laughs> What's your gamer tag? Gamerzak. <laughs> what supplements do you take during long gaming streams? Coffee. That's it? Yeah. All right. How long do you... Ed- okay, wait, we'll get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle? Here we go. Charmander. Hmm. Do you admire any gaming channels out there like Jacksepticeye, Markiplier, PewDiePie, the standard ones? Do I what? Do you admire any gaming channels out there that you looked up to anyone? Oh, um, well, basically, the ones that inspired me to start my channel were Day9, uh, the late Total Biscuit, and the Yogscast. Okay. Hmm. What was the last game you played before getting interviewed by the geeks? Last game I played? The Outer Worlds. How is, wait, okay, I'll get back to that. When, uh, I want to ask... Okay, but okay, never okay. mind, never mind. We save our questions for the proper okay, interview. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you play Astroneer? If you do, I would love to play with you. Uh, I don't play Astroneer. And generally, I don't really have time for multiplayer. Okay. <laughs> In the game of Monopoly, what token would you use? I always pick the car. I actually like that question. <laughs> what would you choose? The boot. You? Top hat. I can't remember. Is it a car? 
Yeah, yeah, you say car. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. the car. Oh, the car. You guys have to fight for the car then. Oh no, there's a thimble. The thimble. Oh, the, the damn thimble. <laughs> <laughs> Need for Speed or Gran Turismo? Ooh. Uh, Need for Speed. Now we're getting into the actual gaming question. Yeah. Okay, ah, I see. God of War or Devil May Cry? God of War. Yeah. FIFA or PES? Neither. <laughs> Call of Duty or Modern Warfare? Neither. Favorite Ooh. Rainbow Six Siege Operator? I don't play that game. <gasps> if you could play a game with immersive smells, would you? Oh, God. I would, yes, because I'm generally tolerant to bad smells. <laughs> I'm, it's just an experience, so it's fine. Salcar okay. has done that before. Yeah. I would not want to play Bioshock with smells. Exactly, oh. right? Especially the games that I play, like yeah, Bioshock, no. Tales of the Borderland. Like, no, no. I do not want to dr- smell dry, acrid <laughs> desert. What do you think of the gaming scene now? Oof. It's too broad a question. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, the industry, the players, the esports scene, the creators, the commentators, the publishers, the developers. The scandals. You've got to be more specific. <laughs> yeah. If you found yourself immersed in a fighting game, would you fuck your opponent? No. What? What? Oh, my God. Black Mirror, that's why. Oh. Does that happen in an episode? Yes. Yeah, that's the one with uh, Anthony Mikey's... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's only about that one. Are you excited for The Last of Us Part 2? I don't really get excited about games because I watch their developments all throughout the year and I know what goes wrong with them. So Mm. I just kind of wait and see. What was the first console game that you obsessed over? First console game would have been Snow Bros. Sega Genesis. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to create an avatar for any game, would your character be male or female? Generally male. If avatar characters could be non-binary, would you go on an adventure as an eggplant? Not an eggplant, no. (laughs) (laughs) Would you go as an adventure as any other kind of vegetable or fruit? Uh, Broccoli. Would you? (laughs) I probably wouldn't go the flora route. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your D&D character? Oof. My D&D character. Yeah. Uh, Do you play D&D? A little bit. Generally, I always go whatever's the long-range sniper, think about things and take one shot sort of thing. <laughs> Xbox, PS4, Nintendo, Mobile Legends, Computer Master Race. I don't know what the fuck he means. Doesn't is- matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking hammer or screwdriver. <laughs> I'm very sorry for this question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Have you ever played a game while getting a hand job? That's an inappropriate question. <laughs> Thanks, Maga. <laughs> Favorite RPG? Uh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Um, I haven't played a lot of them. Probably... If you count it as an RPG, I'm going to say Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Hands down, the best game you've ever played. Hmm. The game I've played the most is Caesar 3. But it's... I'm not sure if I could call it the best. Okay. <laughs> um, it's sort of a weird question because... You know, that's like asking the best book you've ever read. Mm. It's, it's hard to answer because you haven't read all of them. That's and 
it you don't really want to commit to saying oh this is the best i've ever played because it changes based on your mood mm-hmm. if you could live in a game which game would it be stardew valley <laughs> fucking stardew valley <laughs> okay you know what? i'm gonna just share my library no i suppose bring my laptop okay one yeah, of these okay. is bring your laptop and you play and last but mm. not least oh wait no there's one more on facebook wait no second to last let me get the Facebook one because that one, thankfully, he just asked one question. Where is it? What's the weirdest game you've ever had the most fun from? Weirdest game I've ever had the most fun from? Huh. <laughs> I don't know. What counts as a weird game? I guess like a game that is like- so strange. Like, uh, what was that Cuphead one? Cuphead. I mean, Cuphead. Yeah. I mean, Cuphead was good, but I'm not sure if that's weird. Is it? No, it's, it's like... It's an arcade shooter. It's got a nice art style, but... Would you, would you consider, like, you know, was it I Love You, Colonel Sanders? Yeah, I Love You, Colonel Sanders. Oh, those sorts of things. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... I generally don't play those sorts of games personally. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sure if my assessment of what weird is is skewed <laughs> because I look at all these games all the time. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I, I know about... Weird games, and I don't know which one counts as weird anymore. And last but not least, I'll be in KL in December. Can the geeks you and me play Left 4 Dead 2? Generally, I don't have time for multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is all of Magus' questions. questions. Finally. We, we have a few more questions from other people, but we'll we save will that save that later. for the end. Need to get his fucking questions out of the way first. <laughs> Thanks, Magus. <laughs> Yeah, but speaking of Outer Worlds, I just encountered that game on my on my Steam stream. How is that? It looks really interesting. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of Bioshock. I feel like saying Bioshock, but I don't think it's really very Bioshock esque. It's probably more Borderlands, right? It's basically Fallout New Vegas in space. There we go. Um, yes. It is a good challenge to the Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. It's generally, I would say, it's better than Fallout Four, mm. but it is smaller than Fallout Four. Okay. And, you know, it's Obsidian developers who are the original creators of Fallout in the first place. So they're trying to get back to that. There is room for improvement because recently there was a game that came out called uh, Disco Elysium, which is a purely conversational RPG. There's no combat in it. It's sort of like a police detective sort of thing. And everyone's been praising that for its dialogue. And Obsidian is sort of also famous for their writing and dialogue. So generally, Outer Worlds is a little less on the dialogue a little more on the combat but it's better it's way better writing than anything Bethesda's written mm-hmm. in a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know since Fallout New Vegas which Obsidian wrote mm. uh, so Bethesda if they're not careful Outer Worlds 2 will kill them whoa that's big words when yeah. is Outer Worlds 2 coming? that's not confirmed okay. but with the success of Outer Worlds I see no reason why they would not make a sequel Mm-mm. but because it's the first IP the first game in a series is never going to be the grandest biggest thing mm. because they don't know if it's going to be a success mm. you know so they got eh, Obsidian you know they have the whole Epic Store exclusivity thing which is a controversial topic but you know it's in, as a concession there's Outer Worlds has no microtransactions no loot boxes no DLC no premium currency, no special editions. There's not even the deluxe edition. It's just the Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. And that goes against a lot of industry norms nowadays. Mm. Yeah. So it's sort of a trade-off 
giving up all of those things to be an epic ex- exclusive for you. And I think that's a net positive. What, meanwhile, Bethesda is going the paid mod route. So Outer Worlds is good. It will not, you know, it puts a nail in the coffin for Bethesda. Mm-hmm. But Bethesda is not immune to dying, you know, and you can see Obsidian trying to take him on. So, okay, coming back to Gamers at your, your channel itself, mm. when you first started it and where you are now, now you're at how many subscribers do you know? 93. 93. Yeah. Nick, could you put aim the mic at your mouth? It is. The, the logo's at my mouth. Is it? Yeah. You sound Le-ha. far away. Hello. There you go. <laughs> so, ASMR. So no. in this creation of your channel and this, how, how many years has it been now? Eight years. Eight years. So it's mm. taken you eight years to get to this point. Yeah. What were the major challenges that you faced? Like for a person that's also trying to get their YouTube channel off the ground, anybody that's listening, what are the major challenges that you faced and how did you overcome some of that? Well, the major challenges, I would say one is income is not fixed. You know, you have to think of it like you're running a business, you run a restaurant or something like that. You know, you've got peak seasons, you've got downtimes, you know, you make more money during holidays or something like that, right? So you don't know what your paycheck is going to be at the end of the month, every month. And generally, it fluctuates within a safe range, like, or an expectable range. It's like, okay, I'm going to earn somewhere between this and this next month, right? But there are a lot of things that are not in your control. For example, YouTube can have demonetization problems, or advertisers can start boycotting YouTube, you know, and it's just, that happens in any business, but... You know, so it's just sort of a general business issue. There's unpredictability, and you have to be sort of prepared for worst case scenario. Mm. So the way I operate always is: what is the worst case scenario? And like, let's say my channel is deleted tomorrow. You know, what do I do? You know, and I have a plan. You know, to do whatever. Mm. You know, so that's sort of hard. But also, just getting into it, you have to be able to put out a lot of content without making any money for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I didn't make a single dollar until three years in. Mm-hmm. You know, so the first three years I didn't make anything, and I wasn't making a basic salary until five years in, mm. and I wasn't earning a decent salary until about seven years in. You know, so when I'm now at eight years and things are stable now. So now people ask me, oh, what's it like being a YouTuber? Oh, it's good now. <laughs> it's good now. Um, eight years in, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, what kept you going? Like, you said it took three years. How did you persist during those three years? If, if you are struggling to persist, then this isn't really what you want to do. Mm. Because and I enjoy it. Is yeah. this what you want to do when you first set out the channel? Did you imagine where you would be now? Well, I started, technically, I started late in the YouTube scene because, like I mentioned earlier, I started watching in 2009. That's when things were really sort of, oh, people can kind of make a living from this. I started 2011, a few years late. And so I sort of already had the idea that this can be a career. But again, you know, I did the four years for jobs thing. So I said, this is going to be one of the jobs. After the four years, I'll decide. Mm, Okay. Uh, Okay. I mean, for me, because like, in the past 10 minutes, like, I've been listening to everyone <laughs> talking, I'm like, I have no idea. Because out of the three of us, I'm the old fuddy-duddy mm-hmm. that still enjoys playing Mortal Kombat 1 well, on a 16-bit emulator. This is, a, this is a good opportunity yeah. to, to and ask questions. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, things that... Because it's, it's interesting because, you know, I was checking out your channel as well. 
Um, which I find interesting that your face isn't on there, on a bunch of the videos. It wasn't on... I, w- I wasn't using Facecam for pretty much the first five years. Yeah. But now I do. Now you do. Mm. So I was just watching, like, like checking out some of the stuff, checking out how you're doing stuff. And then it was weird how this interview tied in with, because as most listeners know and you guys know, I get into Netflix binges of non-current shows. So South Park is now on. Yeah. And I was re-watching, um, I think season 18 or 19, the, one, the season that I can relate to the most... <laughs> Where everything sounds like what shit. No, um, where <laughs> it's the one with Lord, Lord, Lord. And <laughs> Ike, is re- Ike and his friends are really into PewDiePie. Yeah. And Stan and Kyle are like, what the hell are you guys doing? I don't get this. And I was like, I totally understand this. So this entire world has always been a bit confusing for me. Like the only YouTube videos that I watch of people playing games are um, like on the All Deaf Digital channel. Mm. Um what I got, you trash fam. Simply because I just love how they insult each other. Because they're always two player games. Mm. You know? Um, but that's the thing. When I... when Where the fuck was I going with this? When I, um, when I look at things like this, I've got a few questions in my head. The first one being... Like, like you said, this is a living. You've been doing this like eight years now. Um, does the joy of actually playing the game dissipate and just become a job? Only if you chase the money too hard. Okay. Like, how, how many videos you output in a week? Mm, generally, it's... On average, it's once every two days. Once every two days. around this time, it's probably five a week. Okay. Now, do you play games that you don't upload content? Like, when you, do you just sit down and just play games for the sake of playing the game? Sometimes. You know, oh. it's rare... Because really? generally, you know, like how I started, I needed an excuse to play video games. Yeah. So if you get comfortable enough streaming and making that sort of content, then mm. broadcasting you playing a game doesn't really affect it too much. Uh, once in a while, I tend to binge an RPG. Okay. Like uh, my, my last favorite one of doing that was I just played through Pillars of Eternity mm. because the main quest is not too long. It took me 20 hours. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to play through this because RPGs don't do well on the channel. Oh. Yeah, they don't. RPGs are sort of this weird thing where it's either people like RPGs or they don't like RPGs. And if they like RPGs, they want to play the game. So they're not going to watch the video because they don't want spoilers. Mm. <laughs> so ah, even people who sense. like videos, who like RPGs, <laughs> they're not going to watch it. Okay. You know, so the only people who watch the videos are people who have, one, already played the game mm. and want to watch someone else play the game, which is a small Rare. audience. You know, so generally, if I binge something outside of the channel, it's an RPG. Um, and I enjoy Pillars of Eternity. And I do like RPGs. It's just, Ooh. that's the kind of content where you kind of have to, like, just sit there and absorb it to appreciate it. Yeah. And it doesn't make very interesting content. <laughs> you Cause, know? Yeah, because that's one curious, like, because, I mean, like you said, this is your job, hmm. right? So you have to be constantly playing different games all the time, I'm assuming. Well, enough act- variations of actually stuff the and- secret to to getting started is just play one thing oh yeah yeah just do just play one thing until you get a thousand subscribers <laughs> <laughs> so i like put out like 50 videos or just play modern warfare non-stop yeah wow wow that works well it works better than doing variety because when i started i did variety because uh-huh. yeah i didn't know any better but <laughs> when you're starting out mm. and you're not established you're not Mm. experienced you're not you haven't developed your persona or personality or anything like that 
and you don't have a good enough style because you mm. just haven't been doing it long enough. When people come to your channel and they say, oh, this video is Stardew Valley. This video is Call of Duty. This video is Pillars of Eternity. It's like, I don't want to subscribe to this channel because it's just 90% of the stuff I don't want to watch. Mm. Right? Whereas once you're established, you know, people always look at, oh, look at PewDiePie. He does whatever. And people subscribe. Yeah, PewDiePie does that because he's PewDiePie. Yeah. Mm. People subscribe for PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Yeah. You know, or any other big creator out there, Markiplier, Yogscast, yeah. Day9. They're there for them, mm. right? Once you're at that level. But when you're starting out, no one knows who you are. They're not there for you. They're there for the content. Mm. So if it's too much variety, then people don't know what your channel is mm. about. So they don't subscribe. That's an interesting point. I never thought about that before. Yeah. I thought I thought if you had more variety, that would attract more people. Yeah. Well, it does. But then they look at your <laughs> that, channel. And it's like, what is this? I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I guess you need to... Consistency is key, right? Yeah. Consistency of when you upload and then also the content so they know what you're getting into. Yeah. As you grow, you branch out. So, for example, you only do Call of Duty. And then when you hit 1,000 subscribers, you go, let's play this other first-person shooter. Let's play some Overwatch or Battlefield or something like that. It's still... Still a first-person shooter, but it's you know, branched out a little bit. Then when you hit like 10,000 subscribers, oh, okay, let's, let's try a top-down action shooter and let's play Diablo or something like that. Mm. Uh, so you branch out as you grow and as you get better. Okay. Now, the one thing interesting about your channel as well is that you, you play a lot of retro games, like a lot of games that we used to play back in the 90s and whatnot. Well, I don't classify them as retro. Retro. <laughs> okay. They're nostalgic. Nostalgic games. Yes, because retro... Retro and nostalgia are slightly different because retro, you think, you know, the Sega Genesis, DOS Mm. games or stuff from the 80s or early 90s. Whereas the games I sort of focus on are like 95 to 2002, 2005 sort of thing, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. And it's that weird transition from entering Windows 95 to going up to Windows XP before people really figured out what they were doing mm. in gaming. Because mm. when it was all DOS and pixel art, people sort of figured it out. They're mm. like, okay, this is a pixel art game. We're going to make this thing. And it's pixel art. Everyone's done it for like, at that point, 10, 15 years because it started in the 80s. But then when Windows 95 came along, they're like, oh, graphics. <laughs> 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 and then 2000 came along. It's like, oh, 3D. <laughs> and they just didn't know what to do with it. And it, it's this weird time where there's a lot of forgotten games that just don't make sense because no one knew what they were doing. So what was your decision to start uh, doing all these nostalgic games instead of just going straight forward? It's like, oh, let's play Call of Duty. Let's play GTA. Let's play this. What was your reason for choosing nostalgic games? Main reason? And my favorite games. Okay. The second reason, I am trained in media and communication, so <laughs> I understand finding a niche. Hmm. Okay. How do you deal, like, because I actually want to know, because I still don't know how to, like, my fucking YouTube channel doesn't have that many subscribers <laughs> or anything, right? And most of the people that comment are pretty cool. But every once in a while, oh. a troll comes out of the cave. <laughs> so for someone like you... How do you deal with trolls? It's going to be different for everyone because you have to deal with it in your own way. Mm-hmm. But generally, when you get a troll, if it is so hostile, you just ban them. Uh, if it's that borderline where you don't want to delete it because you don't want to 
be all oh censorship mm. but you want to address it head on mm. you just sort of first of all understand that this person has no idea who you are or what you're doing because just as a creator the number of people who say oh you should do this you should do that i mean that yeah. and coming it's from people annoying. who don't even have channels yeah. mm. Right? They, they just don't have the context of what's going on. Mm. They don't understand demonetization can mm. happen. They don't understand you know, how subscriber growth happens or the ebbs and flows of audiences. Mm. You know, how if your audience is Western, your earnings are like this mm. and your audience is, has summer holidays, which mm. we don't have here in Malaysia. Mm. You know, it's a, they don't know all of that. They're not looking at your analytics. So their comment is 95% uninformed. What about the people that just have like, God, worst video ever? <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it doesn't really affect me anymore because it's like, okay, thanks for, the co- thanks, thanks for the comment because it helps the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, how does that help the algorithm? Well, you, the algorithm's always changing. So if you listen to this 10 years from now, I'll be wrong. Okay. But um, the algorithm basically looks at people's interest in a video based on certain metrics. So, for example, how long they watch the video, whether Mm -hmm. they like the video, whether Mm -hmm. they leave a comment. Even if they dislike a video, it helps the algorithm. because. um, So, engagement regardless whether it's positive or negative. Yeah, it's all going to help the algorithm because what YouTube and Google does with that information is they recommend the video to people of similar demographics. So if you dislike the video... If you hated this, watch this. (laughs) That's basically what it does, you know. So, like, let's say this person is from a certain country, a certain age group, and they press Mm. dislike on this video. YouTube has that information to recommend the video to someone, to a different group, you know. Mm. So if, like, if every 40-year-old disliked the video, YouTube would just stop recommending that that video to uh, 40-year-olds, which means it starts recommending it to people who will actually like it. Ah, okay. Because it's in YouTube's best interest to keep you on their platform. Okay. Yeah, yeah because for, for YouTube's side, this is where the, the mutual mm. beneficial stuff comes from. YouTube wants people to stay on the website mm. you know, because that's how they make money. Okay. It's a rare case where the corporation and the creators align in interest because mm. the creators want people to stay on the website. YouTube wants people to stay on the website. So that's a, an area where it benefits both parties. Okay, so like with a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, you you approach things in a very, uh, what do you call it, business-minded, analytic, um, well-informed point well, of view. I, you know, I don't know how informed. I don't really have context, but, but no, it's, and it's, that's just my approach. Yeah, yeah, that's just your approach. But because things like this interest me, we're like by approaching your YouTube channel as that, as a business and everything, right? Um. Do you ever find yourself torn between your own personal opinions of something and the correct business approach to doing something? Well, there's some things which I know I could do just for the money. Generally, Mm. I don't do them because, you know, pretty much integrity because it's the internet because... As soon as you sell out or as soon as you do something that's not true to you, it's mm. there forever and everyone will know about it forever, yeah. right? So it's very risky to do those sorts of things. So basically, for example, I get offers for sponsorship deals mm-hmm. 
pretty much every day. <laughs> you know, advertise some soda or figurines or mobile games or MMOs. <laughs> you know, and I say I've said no to like ninety nine point nine percent of them. Okay. Because they're just not what interests me, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't be what interests my audience. Mm-hmm. So I don't do them. Mm-hmm. But also, I can do that because I built in a way to be independent. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Malaysian creators where they target Malaysian audiences, and Malaysian audiences don't have high ad revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I figured that out relatively early on because just. Thinking about it, if an American person watches your video and sees an ad, they're seeing an American ad. Mm. That ad was bought by an ad agency mm. in U.S. dollars. Mm. So that ad that that person's watching is just worth more money, okay. just, even if you're just counting on currency. Mm. But also, they pay more for ads in America. Uh, so the portion that ends up on my side eventually, after YouTube takes their cut, the advertisers have done whatever, and all of that. And there's a withholding tax <laughs> because that's the international borders and all of that. Mm. Um, when it finally gets to my side, even after all the cuts, it's worth more than a Malaysian seeing a Malaysian ad. Okay. You know, so I built in that direction so that I wouldn't need sponsors. But if you are a Malaysian creator wanting a Malaysian audience, you would have to have a completely different tactic mm. because Malaysian audiences just don't make a lot of money through ads. But at any point, do those decisions like clash with what you might enjoy to do on the video instead? Um, there's sometimes things where it's like, it's not so much I would enjoy to do something else. It's just I would in- prefer to do it later. It's more to do with timing mm. rather than anything. Like right now it's crunch time. So mm. it's the end of the year. So it's when I have to make the most content to take advantage of that time. Mm. Otherwise, you know, in July, I'm earning the least, right? Because most of your because most of your audience is skewed towards the West. Yeah, and they got summer holidays, so they're not at home watching YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's this these sort of time limits that you kind of figure out over the years. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather not do so much work in bursts. I'd rather it have it spaced out. Mm. But because of the timing, you know, you have to crunch and push through it, and that can be a little stressful. But it's not so much that I would do something different. I would just do it at a different time. Okay. That actually brings out a good point. So how do you schedule a day? What is a regular yeah. YouTuber <laughs> like, work day? Yeah, because now they're like, wait, what time do you work? Because like, sometimes I see Nobs' Insta story and she's like, oh, Zach is still live streaming. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Generally, there's a rough schedule, but you always have to play it by ear. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, you're researching a video and Mm. halfway through the research you discover something you didn't expect or you're streaming something and you expect it to take an hour but it takes two hours you know so you have a rough idea of how the day is gonna go but generally it really depends on what happens how do you maintain your in all intents and purposes your physicality like it must be very taxing because that was gonna be my next question like couple couple tunnel what's the deal yes no spine issues uh, well, eye issues what, yeah eye issues what, what chair do you use yeah well I turned 30 so I got some issues <laughs> I'm almost 40 dude get ready <laughs> no no I'm actually because of my height I've been having joint issues since I was 25 so yeah, I'm used to issues um, but generally it's just if something gets uncomfortable move <laughs> you know? 
Um, I'm, I'm saving up for a new chair because since I am doing this full time, yeah. I really want to invest in something. And ah, finally, someone can relate. How difficult it is for people of our size and above to find a nice chair in Malaysia? Um, easy to find. It's expensive, though. There you go. Because uh, I'm, I'm eyeing... Can we mention brands on this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Feel yeah. free. I'm, I'm eyeing the Herman Miller and it costs 8,000 ringgit. Yeah. Technically, I can write it off as a business expense, so it's tax deductible. Technically, But yes. uh, it's still expensive. But it comes with a 12-year full coverage <gasps> warranty. See? Why? So on average, if you break it down, it's going to cost yeah. me like two ringgit a day. Because my two grand chair broke <laughs> three months after the warranty. But, but now you have a very nice yeah, like Star Trek-esque captain's chair. Cheapo chair, but I like it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking at that chair because I'm g- I do this for mm. long periods of time. And uh, you got to protect your spine and stuff like that. Ergonomic mouse? Or just a basic ass mouse? Mm, most of my gear is jank. <laughs> really? Yeah, because... What? No, like an 800 ringgit razor. No, because what's good for me and what's good for the audience is different. So, for Ah. example, I got a silent mouse, Mm -hmm. which is not the best mouse, Hmm. but it means there's no mouse clicks on my videos. (gasps) Ah, I get you. So what's best for me and what's best for them is different, and I always prioritize what's best for them. So you don't have a super loud keyboard that's clickety-clackety. No, no. (laughs) it's a little loud, but it's it's not the clickety clackety ones. The ones that you like. I love them. Click it to yeah, I mean, they, they're good for you, but they're not good for the video. Yeah. So, so I generally prioritize what's good for the video. Speaking of sponsorships and stuff, I'm sure you must have gone this, but I'm just fascinated to see how many people they actually reached out to. Did you get any email from a, a company called Studio? <laughs> from, uh, called what? Studio. Studio. Headphones. Uh, uh, earphones. Maybe. You <laughs> reached out to everybody. I, I think I did. There was some... Earbuds, was it? Yeah. yeah. Studio Neva. Yeah. Generally, most of the sponsored deals I get, I generally ignore because mm. they don't even mention my name. And ah. even if they do, they don't, <laughs> they don't mention my channel in terms of why they think their brand is good for my channel. Mm. And even if they do say, oh, we think our product is good for your channel, the, what they say doesn't make any sense. Mm. It's like, oh, we think your channel would be perfect for our Asian MMO. And I'm like, one, my audience is Western. Mm. <laughs> Two, I don't play MMOs. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not going to work. You're going to waste your money. So I generally either ignore or tell them, no, it's not going to work. So just tip for marketers out there. If you want to get your product on a thing, you know, especially a channel like mine where you can see I don't really take sponsorships. You got to do a little bit of work on your side on why your product is going to suit my audience. In other words, stop using robots, guys. Please. <laughs> and, and pre-made emails. And mention me by name. Yes. <laughs> the very least. You know, don't say, hi, <laughs> I'm so-and-so from this company. We think our product will be perfect for your channel. And then I look at the product and it's like, this makes no sense. <laughs> Whereas on our side, if you anybody would like to sponsor us, please go ahead. <laughs> we like free stuff. <laughs> have you have you gotten? Uh, I'm wondering if you got any of these. Have you gotten Kickstarters contact you yet? Contact for us? No. What? Yeah, that was a weird one. What have they contacted you? Yeah, they contacted. Then I replied, and then when they replied back, like, "Sorry, we didn't match your mail, but uh, our Kickstarter campaign's over." And I'm like, "What? So why'd you contact? What?" <laughs> <laughs> 
What? Okay. <laughs> very confusing. But yeah. Oh. You look like you had a question. Yeah. That's why I was no. looking over at you. No, I don't, I don't know whether to raise this. Because well, the last time me and Zach talked, um, you mentioned like this big developer was approaching you to do a sponsorship. And then like, they were over West they were an American oh, company right. yeah. and then like then they found out you were based here and they were like oh talk to our talk to our Asian wing and then you're like no but my audience is from you and like oh my god yeah a, lo- a lot I of thought- companies they don't understand that the internet is a thing <laughs> <laughs> so, no because it's an amazing story so you know I'll be contacted by let's say uh, the the US mm. branch and like oh you know we uh, we want to sponsor something or whatever, but we see your base in Malaysia, so we want to target the Malaysian region. And it's like, oh, then I have to explain, my audience is not Malaysian. It is mainly, you know, Western. Mm. US, UK, Canada, all of that. It's like, oh, okay, then you have to talk to this department. And then you go talk to that department, and they're like, oh, well, if you're tar- like targeting that, then you have to talk to this other department. So it's very weird on how, you know, sometimes... The Asian side will say, oh, you know, they come to me and say, oh, you see you're in Malaysia. And they say, my audience is Western. Oh, you have to talk to the U.S. department. You go talk to the U.S. department. They say, oh, we see you're in Malaysia. You got to talk to the Asian department. I find it weird how, because they must obviously have the statistics to see where your demographic is. Yeah. Do they? No, they can't actually see where the audience comes from. So what, they're just looking at the overall figures on each video? Well, each channel has a country attached to it. So they they only see where you're Mm. based. And they just assume that your audience is from where you are from. And that's not how the internet works. No, like in this day and age of globalization, you would think like they would understand this. Yep. But it just feels like more robots. But I don't know how I feel about robots. (laughs) Well, they're people like robots. But (laughs) that's even worse. Yeah. Have you have you ever come to a satisfying conclusion to this exchange with any of these? People. Well, eventually I got a free copy, but it was too late, <laughs> so I had to buy it anyway. Oh no! You know, like, because they were giving the copy early to creators who were in certain countries, and they were giving the copy on the day to creators who were in other countries because. I don't know. Um, so because I was in the wrong country, I couldn't get an early copy, even though this my audience, audience was from, from the country that got the early copies. Wow. Oh, that's so, so I got a free copy, but I had to buy it anyway, so I just sold the free copy. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you get a lot of developers? Like, Do you get any early access games, or it's literally when the game comes out, that's when you, you get it? Uh, at my current size, I get early access to some games, generally indie titles, mm. uh, occasionally you know mid-tier, mid-size titles, very rarely big, big games. Mm. Um, only when big games are actually actively promoting to specific audiences and they're putting in the work and they realize, oh, this audience is going to like this, then they approach me and say, we, we want you to promote this thing or, what, or we want to give you a free copy or whatever. Um, I get access to games early relatively regularly now um most of the time they're games which i wouldn't play anyway yeah but sometimes yeah okay have you ever considered working with developers to make a game Mm. yes i do have a little game design experience but it's not very easy to just jump in and Mm. be like oh let's let's make a game because i've never fully made a game myself and even though 
I know what people generally want when it comes to games, you know, especially in the genres I specialize in, strategy, city building, simulation, that sort of stuff. I know what people are looking for. When it comes to actually developing the game, there's a lot of issues and restrictions where even if I know what needs to be done, there are like a hundred reasons why it can't be done, right? So it's very complicated. And I'm open to the idea, you know, I've helped work on some games before. I've actually like written scripts or rewritten scripts and stuff like that, uh, provided feedback or just some consulting and stuff like that. But actually making a game, it's very difficult. Do you find the market overly saturated? No. No? No. Because, you know... Don't think there's too many games? <laughs> you get diamonds only when there's a rough. <laughs> nice oh, answer. Nice. Yes. Very nice answer. How yeah. do you feel about the Fortnite generation? Well, I'm not sure that it's a Fortnite generation, but it's fine. It's you know, Battle Royale's the latest trend. So yeah. I've been gaming from the 90s, so I went through the point-and-click adventure bandwagon, the strategy games bandwagon, the modern military shooter bandwagon. Uh, what was after that? The... Oh yeah, then it was pretty much the Battle Royale bandwagon. There's the Auto Chess bandwagon. I've been through all these bandwagons, so it's just one of the latest ones. Well, actually, I'm curious about something, because I don't know enough about gaming these days, but I was watching... What was I watching? Um, yeah, Kids React or Teens React, whatever. So first I was watching them react to Contra, which was interesting to me, <laughs> because I'm like, there's only up, down, left, right, A, B, and you can't figure out the controls for two <laughs> lives, but okay. But when they gave them Doom... Like, that was instant, like, they knew what, they figured out the controls in seconds. Mm. And it really made me think about, okay, so, you know, different generations of games, there's gameplay, which is like a certain type of gameplay, like point and click, WASD, all of that. Are there new forms of gameplay now in games? Or is it, has it kind of standardized, like, you know what? These work. There are These buttons and yeah. mouse combinations work. Th that's generally what happened because, you know, it's like back in the day, they mm. used the arrow keys to move in first-person yeah. shooters. And yeah. it just doesn't make sense. You know, your left arm's over <laughs> yeah. on the other side. Or if you're left-handed, maybe it makes sense if you're left-handed, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but but was, was sort of newer mm. and people sort of figured it out later. And it's just, if you're right-handed, universally better. You know, sometimes they do weird things like in Minecraft, by default, crouch is shift and run is control. And it's like, eh, what? <laughs> Every other game, crouch is control, run is shift. Uh, I don't know why the swap, but, but you can rebind them, so it's hmm. fine. But generally, they figured out what works. So know? that's like the standard now. No one's tried to figure out something yeah, it's newer. Yeah, like... like they, they're always trying newer things, but it's hard because they've been figuring it out for like two decades now. Mm. And they've figured it out pretty well. It's like, there's some newer things. Like in the past few years, they realized in simulation games, spacebar should be pause, right? Mm. Mm. You pause the game with spacebar rather mm. than P. You know, traditionally, it's the letter P for pause. Okay. But spacebar is just way better for pausing the game. You know, it's a big key. You just yeah. press it, game pause. Okay. And that's sort of become a standard now as well. You know, but when new games come out, there's always going to be 
some complications because the controls or mechanics are slightly different. You know, sometimes there's weird controls, like if you think of the old black and whites, you Mm. know, controlling things with the mouse in that form, there's not really a standard. Mm. But for popular genres like first-person shooters or top-down action RPGs and stuff like that, the controls have become so standardized because they're good. Yeah. I was just curious about that because when I was watching that Doom video, I was like, you all know this instinctively. This is interesting. Well, that's also because back in the 90s, when they set up the controls for games, there was no standard, so every game was different. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes it's arrow keys, sometimes it's was, sometimes it's something else entirely yeah. because the developers were European and they used a different <laughs> I think that's going to be interesting when we do do the, those videos of like, you know, yeah. playing Contra and stuff. I think I've also been used to, you know, WASD and the mouse. Like going it's going to back be control to, pads though. You yeah, can remember control pads. Going back, I'm like, oh fuck, I have to recalibrate my brain to use this again. Contra's just two buttons. I know, A and B, right? Yes. <laughs> Shoot and jump. It may all be Greek to me because I don't really play console games. Oh, yes. Which was the one with like six buttons? Huh? It was the grey console with like three buttons on top, three buttons at the bottom. Uh? Sega? No, wait. No, Sega Mega Drive, three buttons, and then if you had a nice controller, the other three buttons were turbos. Ah, maybe that's the one I'm thinking about. And then like, Nintendo N64 had like four, right? That's when they had the the weird handle trigger, <laughs> up, down, left, right, and a joystick, four buttons. Dreamcast? Dreamcast as well. Dreamcast was weird though. <laughs> that was a weird ass controller. What? What's, okay, you play more PC games than you would console games, right? Yeah. Would you consider doing console games on your channel, or you just keep it strictly as PC? Generally, I keep it PC, but nowadays <laughs> most console games are coming to PC anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, even things like Spyro Reignited is on PC now. Oh shit! Is it? Yeah. So fucking love Spyro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was really happy about with it. Microsoft's new approach. They're not doing Xbox exclusives anymore. Mm. They actually said it's not going to be a thing. It's. If it's an exclusive, it's on the Windows Store, right? <laughs> Which is annoying, but it's still on PC. Mm. So de- there was a time where developers were like, oh, we're going to do console exclusives only because, you know, the consoles were pushing for exclusivity and stuff. Mm. But that era is slowly dying because they're realizing if we just put it on more platforms, more people buy it. Mm-hmm. Sony clearly didn't get the message. Yes. Yeah. The, there, is, like... there is a good argument for console exclusivity. When you have console exclusivity, the developers can make the best game possible because... You don't have to reprogram it. Right. Yeah. So ah. that's why games like Spider-Man and God of War are so good yeah. because, you know, you see when games often get put onto multiple platforms... They're, instead of being subject to the console, where Sony wants to sell PlayStation 4s, mm-hmm. uh, you're subject to the publisher, which just wants to make money. So that mm. the publisher forces them to put in loot boxes, microtransactions, mm. multiple editions, uh. DRM, uh, DLC, all of that stuff. So console exclusivity, it's sort of like how the Outer Worlds has the epic exclusivity, and they don't have all those things. Mm. You know, so exclusivity is how publishers can get what they want while the game developers can not put in all those over monetization things i have such a love hate with dlcs on the one hand i'm like i don't know i just never liked i should not pay this extra amount but i want batman's old school outfit (laughs) (laughs) i'm torn wait in the arkham series isn't there yeah there's a batman 66 yeah yeah 
and costume, it's no? not programmed very well, so the <laughs> starts messing up in points. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of any other question that I can ask. That, Before we go to the other questions sent in? Yeah, because most of my questions are just... What's, like the. Have you played any game that was so buggy and so filled with glitches that you just... You're done with it? Has there ever come across like, a game that's so buggy? Yeah, multiple times. It's just... An indie dev sends me something, I open it up, and it's like, I can't play this. <laughs> you know, it's not ready to be played, you know? There's, there's, you know, there are indie devs which have, you know, been putting in years of work, and the game is okay, you mm. know? But a lot of indie devs, it's like their first game and stuff, and, you know, not that it's bad that they're making their first game and it's not the best game in the world, but... Yeah, when it's sent to me, you know, I have so many games to play. Mm. If I open it up and I'm annoyed from second one, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I can't, I can't deal with that. Do you let them know, or do you just keep that to yourself? Generally, I let them know if they seem friendly. Okay, but I mean, do they generally send you the end product, or they send you a beta? Uh, for those things, usually it's betas, but you know. Indie devs nowadays, it's in beta for seven years. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, like we happy few. Uh, is there any such thing as too high a frame rate? No. Like, do you think it should be capped? Uh, not really, unless you're like recording videos like me. Then sometimes limiting it to sixty works, you know. So you're not going to go to full one. How many was Ang Lee? One twenty. Oh, uh, his movies. Yeah, one twenty. Huh. I think Lin like uh, that that army movie was too. It couldn't have been two forty. Which one? The whatever Lynn's walking down a street, or I don't know what the fuck it was called. But yeah, 120 frames. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is an argument in animation and uh, and film Mm. that you can use a lower frame rate on purpose because the brain is very good at filling in the blanks. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. But as with video games, where I'm curious because it is a different medium, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem like the. There's no like standard frame rate. It's like, well, how good's your graphics card? So I was like, is there a limit to when your eyes are like, okay, this is too much? No, you can have unlocked frame rates and they run at 400, 500 frames <laughs> a second. And, <laughs> and it, it just looks smooth. Like it, it, there's no reason why an interactable game cannot have you know, unlimited frame rates just because of the frame rate number. You know, more frames generally good. Um, and there's very clear evidence that 60 is better than 30 mm. because of how it feels. Beyond yeah. 60, it's not always not really making necessary. Much of a um, beyond 120, I would say it's inconsequential. Hmm. When you have days off, <laughs> <laughs> do you just sit and do nothing or do you also still feel <laughs> like you still need to play games? I don't really have days off because I enjoy the process of everything mm-hmm. so when I'm not creating or anything like that I'm still checking Discord Twitter Facebook Instagram you know, responding to comments on YouTube you know it's still because I enjoy it so I do it you know mm. I, I don't you know oh I have to respond to these comments you know I do that to unwind mm. you know so that's why I do this because I enjoy doing it do you think that the day that this stops being fun, you will stop it? Or do you think you'll push through that and try and find the fun again? Well, after Ooh. seven years, I don't think it will stop being fun. Because 
you know, like the f- more fun things are, you know, actually just talking about this thing that I like and seeing what people have to say about it. Mm. And that doesn't really get old because comments are always different and new and perspectives are different. Games are always changing. The medium's always changing. And there's just an infinite number of directions I could go. Like, I'm still a solo operation. I could go into a, you know, TV production sort of direction, hire a crew and all of that. I could go, I could just stay solo forever, Mm. you know, or just get a small team. I could go into sketch comedy about video games, you know. (laughs) There's like, if I ever get bored, there's just like a sidestep and it's something completely different. Okay. Mm. So you would be willing to go into a slightly different direction if if necessary, either? Well, if I feel like it, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Was there any point in the past eight years where you were like, you know what, to hell with this? Not really. Wow. Wow. Like, it generally went okay. And you sort of, you know, once you hit 100 subscribers, which I did in uh, maybe six months. Once you hit 100 subscribers, you just sort of think, well, that's actually a lot of people. Right? Mm. If you fill a room with 100 people, that's a lot of people. Mm. And if you can get 100 people, because I didn't promo my channel to like, friends and family and so these were all strangers a hundred strangers subscribed to me um then you just sort of think well if a hundred people were subscribed then there's no reason why you know an infinite number of more people would not subscribe you know you just have to find that audience and then once you hit a thousand subscribers then it's like well yeah i mean there's there's no reason to go to hell with this because i'm enjoying it and it only goes up it just at different rates you know, you could be getting 10 subscribers a month. You could get, be getting 1,000 subscribers a month, but it's still going up, you mm. know. Mm. You, only, you only go down on YouTube if you do something really bad. Wonder <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, what? VR. Yay, nay. Huh. I haven't even tried it. I haven't even tried it. I think it's too early. Oh. So there's not really any games where people are really like, I'm going to be in here for about eight hours. Oh, no, people do that. Why really? brother does that. What game? I can't remember. You probably <laughs> like told there, me. There but. are people who do that, but it's just not good enough to have mass appeal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you know, there's headache issues for mm. a lot of okay. people. And just generally, most games are not built for that. Yeah. And then when games are built for that, they tend to have to invest so much into that that it's not actually a fun game. Mm. It's and like, you- it's super niche. And, you know, it might be good in Star Citizen whenever Star Citizen releases, mm. which might be in five years. What you know, Star but, Citizen? But right now, VR is just not really an interest of mine. And I don't think it's an interest of many people. It's sort of like curved screens. It's like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's, like it's a, a trend at the moment. And it's just, it's, it's attractive for a little bit, but that's about it, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, once the novelty wears off, sometimes you like yeah but there do you think it's a novelty like the nintendo gun <laughs> or do you think it'll evolve into something that would actually become a whole new genre of game playing by itself eventually i would say it'd be pretty common you know yeah. a sort of ready player one sort of approach i'm still However, waiting. yeah that movie but i've um, been waiting since the 80s <laughs> jesus <laughs> No, 
because I remember my dad bringing me to all these co- like computer conventions at Civic Center where they would have that like that really shitty VR rig with the yeah. guy in the ring. Yeah. So I've been waiting for VR technology to catch up to the holodeck for like since I the 80s. I played the first like VR arcade that they brought in uh, Trocadero in London. Uh-huh. I was so disappointed because <laughs> yes. it cost me nine pounds <laughs> and it was not designed for people with glasses. Oh no. When, when was this? 94, 95. The second you say 94, 95, you know. So everything was blurry. Oh no. And more, worse graphics than the first Tron movie. (laughs) And then you get shot once and that's it, game over. I was like, that's what I spent nine pounds for? (laughs) So. Yeah, so VR is sort of in that period of not just like 90s gaming where they were figuring it out. It's like early 80s gaming where they were figuring it out. And it just needs another 15 years. Mm. Because. Making a game interesting with VR is kind of, okay, yeah, it's cool. But actually making it just natural mm. to play the game in VR, mm. like it's the preferred method. Like even if you play Star Citizen, mouse, keyboard, screen, that's kind of you know still the preferred way for most people because it doesn't feel better in VR in many ways. Like it's cool that you can look around, but it doesn't make the gameplay better. It makes it more mm. immersive maybe. But it doesn't play better in VR. Mm. Like, do you think we'll get to a point that there will be full-on, like, 20, 30-hour storylines that you could play in a VR instead of just, oh, here's one level, okay, we've done that level, here's another level of essentially the same thing over and over and over again? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they'll probably do that in the next couple of years, Mm. but it's still, most people probably just want it on the screen. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Like the Spider-Man VR, I was like, oh, they're doing Spider-Man. Now I saw the graphics and went, what no, even the fuck some is this? Like, even games were like, you know, because I don't play a lot of storyline games. So that time when I played Bioshock Infinite, I was like, this is amazing. Hmm. And for a second, I thought, oh, this would be awesome in VR. And then I thought, I will vomit <laughs> if I played this in VR. This would be dizzying as hell going through all these grappling things. So I don't know. I saw the Iron Man trailer, the trailer for the Iron Man VR. Oh, yeah. I think that's coming up to Gunting. Just pew. Oh, which we need to pew. go to. Yeah, if we can convince Kai to go to Gunting. I have to drag my ass kicking and screaming. I mean, VR is sort of like that thing. You go to a theme park and it's yeah. like, oh, there's, yes. a, there's yeah. a ride. Yeah. Where it's like, it's fun because you're in the ride and stuff. But, you know, it might be fun for two, three times. Yeah. Yes. And then it's just, uh. mm. Have you tried the VR thing? The VR at, um, at Gunting? Uh, the Void. The Void. No, no, not that one. <laughs> but you've Have tried, you tried other similar? VR parts. I, I've tried VR a little bit, but I'm not. I'm just not really that interested mm. in it. Mm. So I haven't tried it a lot. Okay. So, the other questions? Yeah. Yes. So, one moment. Um, Ame Yunus asks, oh. "Who is your favorite Overwatch hero?" Hmm. Well, I main Ryan. So. Oh. I like ah. Ryan. Not like any of the snipers? No. Oh. <laughs> because Ryan plays like a chess piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's watching wife. something funny. Yes. Um, a very good, good, close friend of the show. His name's Wai Leong. <laughs> <laughs> he says, what do you think about... S- I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Stadia. 
Stadia? Stadia. It is an... Sugar substitute? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Wait, there's more. Yay or nay? Do you think that the Stadia plus 5G could potentially eradicate mobile game developers? After all, why should I play Candy Crush when I can play GTA 5 on my phone? Well, that's a very loaded question. Uh, Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> you ov- you obviously put your own answer into the question. So, but generally, cloud gaming is inevitable. Hmm. It's just there's no reason why twenty years from now there wouldn't you wouldn't even have a PC, right? There's no reason why you would have one because all your computing can be done in the cloud. Uh, a few years ago, I tried a service called Liquid Sky. And it basically gave you a Windows 10 PC in the cloud, right? It just streamed the video of the computer onto your screen. And it was not so usable because the closest data center to Malaysia was Hong Kong. So there was a half second delay from me moving the mouse, the actual mouse moving on. (laughs) But in Malaysia, if Google's doing it, uh, if they do bring it to this region, there's a data center in Singapore. But don't you feel that's a bit insecure to not have your own system like there and then, like still relying on a cloud that is not really, it's not it's not physical there. It's like you have a PC right there. Anything that goes wrong, you have access to it. But in the cloud, it's a bit no. But I mean, if the connection is stable enough, but then if you no, don't the have point, like, the point is it's like it's not if, your computer, and no, also you have to, the second you don't have internet, you're fucked. Yeah, so you have to look at. Um, history when it comes to things like that pretty much everything we do now that is not physical that used to be physical people had the exact same argument like you know drive uh letters to email Mm. oh it's not it's not physical people could just steal your email what if they hack your computer and see all your personal emails but then yeah it's weird because now they do do that. We just have gone to a point like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> People said, oh, Facebook can use your photos for anything they want. People don't care. But yeah, then my, all those, my... All those like, you know, like, um, oh, look at me. Like all these 10, ten year throwback throwback things. Oh, look at me. Look at this one. Look oh, 10 years ago. And I was like... Data. <laughs> no, I mean, that, yeah. that's all that's all like, that's all like thing, information that all these people can use for like deep fake technology and shit. Yeah. Yeah, when phone calls were invented, people were like, oh, what if people listen in on your phone calls? We'll and then they know. did. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did. And people don't care because generally people don't have that much interesting things to say. You know, like, <laughs> Only presidents care. Like, if you get hacked, what are they going to take? They'll know what time I have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not interesting. So there's, there's the idea of, you know... Um, you're anonymous by, you know, just, there's just so much out there. You know, they, they cannot hire enough people to monitor everyone. So they're only going to watch people of interest anyway. Um, and when it comes to your computer being in the cloud, well, Google Documents has been around for a while and people said the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Oh, the documents aren't going to be on your PC. They're in the cloud. People could steal them. And, you know, history tells us that it doesn't matter. People Ooh. won't care. Actually, that leads me to an interesting question. You started in the 90s, so you were there at the beginning of the internet. Yeah. Do you miss internet anonymity, or were you always yourself on the internet? Uh, I was myself um, basically at the start, because I just always use my own name for ah. everything, right? Um, generally, it's easier to like figure things out nowadays, 
Because people, it's not so much that they couldn't do it in the 90s, it's that people didn't know how to do it in the 90s. Mm. Um, so nowadays, generally, even like with my whole Game of Zack thing, I just go by Zack. You know, I'm Game of Zack. Everything, all my social media is Game of Zack. Mm. You know, I don't really run my personal <laughs> social medias anymore because uh, I don't find it interesting. The Game of Zack social media, you know, I'm interacting with people from all around the world. They're saying things. It's more interesting. And just generally, I just kind of don't like using my real name anymore. And, and I don't put much personal stuff online at mm. all. And it's sort of because of privacy, but also it doesn't interest me. You know, so it's it's sort of I'm still myself. I just yeah. don't use all that personal stuff. Like I I don't take a photo of the outside of my house and post it on my social media. Mm. Yeah, you know? of course, <laughs> I don't do that. One more question that Wai Leong had is: Do you like motion controls for gaming? Why or why not? Generally, no, because it's like VR. It's what's motion control? Is that like the the Wii. Nintendo Power yeah. Glove, you like shake things oh, around. Okay. I mean, it's or fun Switch. for a while, but generally, gaming, for the most part, is a cerebral activity. It's an emotional activity, and the physicality can often just distract from the experience. It's like if you were to watch a movie, but when the characters are running on the screen, you have to run; hmm. otherwise, the movie pauses. <laughs> you know it's, it's not necessarily bad but it's taking away from the intended experience hmm. and there are some games where the intended experience is motion controls but it's still pretty early hmm. you know and by early i mean you know 10 years it's it's early gaming's hmm. been going for 30 40 years now hmm. 10 years is not that long and they haven't figured out how to make things just really really natural mm -hmm. okay. do you think the keyboard will disappear no because I was like, that, I thought touchscreen might take it away. Then I saw people creating things so that you could plug in a half keyboard and a mouse to your phone. And I was like, I guess the keyboard and mouse are here to stay. Yeah, because keyboard and mouse has, what, half a century of development. Yes. Right? <laughs> QWERTY, no, actually, no, sorry, uh, centuries of development. Because QWERTY was invented... Before the, the typewriter, typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. before the typewriter, I think. Yeah. Um, so mm. it, it's it's been around. Typewriter. Maybe it was with the typewriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, before before QWERTY, there was another system, which was yeah. No, it was just ABCD. <laughs> what? No, no, no. It was. It was no, it was another acronym. Yeah, with like a J in it or something yeah. like that. Yeah, kind of J C O or. Yeah, something. there were a few <laughs> things that was figured out like hundreds of years ago. Mm. So for the keyboard to disappear, it doesn't really make sense because we as humans have developed the keyboard over such a long period mm -hmm. of time. It's refined to a point where it's so natural for a human to just use. Yeah. You know, so for something to replace that, it would probably mean us as humans changing. Because can you imagine we just use our table and our fingers are just pressing the table on lights that we're not sure where they are. And you can't, the thing is, when we use a keyboard, it's muscle memory. We know where the keys are, even not looking at it. But if you've got like... True, but people are used to typing on an iPad now. I'm not. I still have to look at the keys. Yeah, like you can learn to type on an iPad, but that doesn't make it a better experience. Mm. Yeah. You still need the clickety-clack. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, how, are we, how long have we been... Oh, we're coming up to the end. Okay. okay. One last question. What games are you looking forward to that are coming out? Uh, there's Final Fantasy Remastered next year. Mm -hmm. um, Industries of Titan. 
There's a bunch of city building games coming out next year. Because <laughs> that's your niche. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of interested in Cyberpunk, but I'm not sure. Right. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah. It's like, maybe I'll get it and maybe not. Like, I'm interested, but I'm not like hyped for it. Mm. I'm, I'm The only one I'm kind of hyped for, which I don't really want to be hyped for, but I am, is Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. Because... <laughs> <laughs> They are milking the series by splitting it to basically four games. Uh, but wow. if it's good, then that's fine. <laughs> but it's got to be good. I just find it funny how it keeps going back to seven. Yeah, right? No matter how many Final Fantasy games game. they do, they go back to seven. Oh. People so say just... six is the best, but uh, seven is the most iconic. So should I just start playing Final Fantasy seven? You never played it? I've never played any Final Fantasy. I wasn't Fantasy. even into RPGs yeah. and I played Final Fantasy 7. I never played Final Fantasy. I played Kingdom Hearts, but not Final Fantasy. That's only because they were Disney characters. That's about it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you play Final Fantasy, start with 7 or 9. Okay. Does anybody yeah, start with 1? <laughs> Has anybody started with 1? I did. You did? It's alright, but three's better. I like 3. I really like 3. Yeah, I so hear all the 3 odd and 4 is pretty good. Mm. Huh. Like, 6 is considered quote the best uh but it's still it's before 3d seven was the first 3d one mm-hmm. so it sort of was like whoa look at these graphics and then eight was the look we can make them human and everyone went oh god yeah, no eight, <laughs> eight ages the worst uh, nine they went back to cartoony so it ages much better oh, you tried playing eight again uh well a few years back but it looks really really bad <sighs> they are sort of maybe remastering it i think but yeah seven or nine are great ones to start with there you have it, kids. Start with Final Fantasy 7 or 9. Okay. Uh, one last thing. If you had any advice for any local Malaysian gaming YouTubers who are trying to start out and want to get somewhere, what advice would you give them? If you're starting out, what you do is you sign up for 7 to 10 platforms. You know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, TikTok, LinkedIn... You know, seven to ten of them. At least seven. LinkedIn? Yeah. It's a content creation platform now. Mm. Uh, And on each platform, as quickly as possible, post a hundred things. And it should... You can do that in a week, right? Mm. You just do a hundred posts a day on each one platform a day sort of thing. And at the end of the 700 posts, you'll know if this is for you. Wow. Because you'll either want to keep going... Or, or you want to sick of it. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Because if that makes you so sick of it, you're not going to be able to go seven years. Hmm. Mm. Mm, that's true. So there you have it, kids. Gamer Zach. Where can they find you? Gamer Zach. Uh, <laughs> everywhere. Same, everywhere, all the platforms, yeah. Twitch. Okay. Just uh, the spelling's a bit weird. It's Z-A-K-H. Yes. Z-A-K-H instead of Z-A-C-H. If you find that, I don't know what gamer you're going to find. Yep. And so with that... I'm Amelia Chen. I am Nick Dorian. I'm Kyra Lambaha. I'm Gamer Zach. Keep geeking out, yo. Okay, uh Stuff for Sage's song. We love you. Stuff for Sage's song. song. Wait, wait, okay. Hang on. I'm just gonna put this on the fucking episode. So Right now, there's some bonus content because a man says that you might have heard in some previous episodes Woo! is going to be recording a whole new theme song for us. 
after years of using an Apple library fucking song. <laughs> so he's requested us to record sound bites for him to possibly use. So here are the raw recordings of those sound bites. Okay, Amelia, we'll start off with you. Just gotta say hello and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Hello and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Uh, Welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Do a couple takes. Geeks in Malaysia. Hello! Welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. You want to say other things? Hi, my name is Amelia Chen. Hello, and I'm a geek in Malaysia. I don't know what else to say. Okay. Hello and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. I don't say Malaysia. I say Malaysia. I know. Yeah. I also don't know why I say Malaysia. Right? Geeks in Malaysia. Geeks in Malaysia. Hello and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Hello and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. I want such to use that. <laughs> uh... Pukima, Lanchao. Kote. Hello, and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Uh, Gimme. 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 Gimme, say stuff. Amen? Don't be shy. Say something. No? She doesn't want to talk. <laughs> Out of all the time, she doesn't. Nick, yeah. say a few. Welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Hello! <laughs> Not so close. Here? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. Geeks in Malaysia. Geeks in Malaysia. Welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. <laughs> it's a fascinating process. <laughs> Fascinating insight to the creative process, isn't it, boys and girls? I want to know what Saj is going to do with all of this. Hello, and welcome to Geeks in Malaysia. I'm Amelia Chen. I'm Nick Dorian. And I'm Carol Mbaha. Keep geeking out, yo. What, 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 what else? What? what? <laughs> Geeks in Malaysia is our name, and fucking up motherfuckers is our game. Yeah. <laughs> I can't rhyme. I can't rhyme to save my life. Well, I mean, what What, what else do you want from a Saj? What, what else do we say on the pod? Keep kicking out, yo. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Nick touches himself. Fuck off! <laughs> I may get things wrong from time to time, but I don't touch myself. Uh. How long is this going to <laughs> Are you Herm- sure this is not enough material for Saj to work with? I we have no give idea. 10 minutes of material. We can. I mean, you know, you know what, Saj, we can give you 10 minutes. Geeks dalam Malaysia. <laughs> Geeks di Malaysia. Di Malaysia. <laughs> Sorry. Dalam, I don't know. Big up Stephen Hawking. Stephen. <laughs> Kevin Smith. What's that, Smartcast? <laughs> Snoochie Boochies. Is that enough? That's yeah. enough. Love you, Sag. Love, Love you, Sag. Sag.
And for everyone else who heard this. <laughs> yeah. See how the song turns out. 